uh, Laura Extraordinaire, Jeff O'Brien. What are your thoughts on moving the Super Bowl around, having Monday off, moving it to Saturday, splitting up over two days? What do you think? I know you're a fan of the Super Bowl. I would leave it just the way it is. <laughs> um, I think it's fine for all the reasons you guys just said. Oh, you're wrong. It's okay though. No, actually, I don't. Re- I, I don't really even have a dog in this fight. I, in this fight, I just like to. I like to poke the poke the bear a bit. That's all. That's all. Well, you- I, I should say, as a, as a Vikings fan, I've already tuned out. I'm already on the baseball season. <laughs> you know, we don't. We don't ever get this far. <laughs> are you? Are, I'm assuming you'll watch on Sunday. Who are you? Are you you want to say who you're rooting for? Oh, I'm absolutely rooting for the Chiefs. I'm still bitter about the way the Eagles fans behaved a couple of years ago when the when they played the Vikings and. You know, when they were here for the Super Bowl, they stole seats out of the stadium. So I don't want the fan base to get another Super Bowl. What are you watching uh, your entertainment on, Jeff O'Brien? Are you still using VHS tapes, or have you moved to DVD? Or are you all on streaming now? Yeah. No, I got Betamax. <laughs> you seem like a Betamax guy. <laughs> Either that or Laserdisc. Yeah. All right, let's go here. Uh, let's start off with this one, and then we'll talk about because we'll probably want to spend more time on this uh, on this property rights bill. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we talked about it a, a bit yesterday, though. The Minnesota Supreme Court ordered the lower courts on Wednesday to address the question of whether Governor Tim Walz had the authority to de- to declare a peacetime emergency in response to the COVID nineteen pandemic. The High Court called this question an important issue of statewide significance that should be decided immediately. And just for a bit of a background on this, the court's ruling stems from an August 2020 lawsuit filed by the Upper Midwest Law Center, friends of this show, on behalf of 16 Minnesota residents, business owners, and churches. The case, Snell versus Governor Tim Walz, specifically challenged Walz's executive order that required Minnesotans to wear masks indoors in public spaces. The lawsuit argued that only the legislature has the power to make new laws, and the governor exceeded his authority. The Ramsey County District Court dismissed the lawsuit, arguing that the Minnesota Emergency Management Act authorized the governor to declare peacetime emergency for health purposes. UMLC then appealed the decision to the Minnesota Court of Appeals in May of 2021. Um, So now the Minnesota Court of Appeals, through some other issues, we can get into that, uh, will now be required to address the question of whether Governor Tim Walz had the authority to declare the peacetime emergency in the first place. So uh, what do you think about this, and uh, where do you think it's going? Well, I'm glad that they're they're going to decide this question. I wish they would have done it, what, three years ago now? Right. Um, before all of this started, before the damage was done. Um, but, you know, our, you know, our, our firm was involved with some of the, the, the COVID cases related to the, the shutdown of the bars and restaurants. And, you know, this was always, the courts just always assumed that the governor had the authority to, to do this. But this mask mandate one, John, was always the one that I had talked with some other other lawyers that had had some various cases on uh, on the COVID stuff, and this was one that we always and I had talked to some legislators too, and this one we always questioned because it, it's re- referenced in I think the, the, their brief that there is a criminal statute that prohibits wearing masks in public, and there's also a provision in the emergency powers statute that says that you know the, the governor can't change laws uh, or amend statutes in exercising those emergency powers. And this was this, the mask mandate thing seemed to be clearly a case of, and I think, I think Walls even mentioned it in the executive order that, that issued the mask mandate 
basically putting this criminal statute on the sideline or creating an exemption. And that's, that's the, that's the purview of the legislature. So I'm glad they're going to get to it, but it's kind of too little too late, right? I mean, the damage has been done. Um, you know, the, the, the courts always, you, you know, almost universally punted on all of these questions during the pandemic for political reasons rather than actually, it was, it's very disappointing because, you know, lawyers and, the, and judges are supposed to be the, you know, the, the, the stopgap against right. tyranny. And um, in this case, they just played politics and nobody wanted to to get to the legal questions. They just all decided, well, I don't want to be the one that, you know, overturns them and ends up with, you know, what if the, what if, what if the, what if the case level spike? I mean, it's, it's the law is the law. So um, I don't know that it, if they do decide that he doesn't have those powers, great. You know, the next time he won't be able to use them. But, you know, he's already been reelected. Um, you know, unless there, unless the court would come out and say that, you know, the, the citizens of Minnesota could maintain a civil rights lawsuit, a Section 1983 lawsuit against the state, and maybe, you know, maybe we can get some of our surplus back um, <laughs> from the state writing checks all. But I, I don't know that, I, I, I don't know that this is going to be of any consequence. Would it, now, I'm assuming that if they, if they, you know, ruled against walls, you know, for the, for the sake of, of classifying in, um, that this would keep, future governors from being able to do the same thing, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it would at least, it would be precedent for, I mean, you know, they, they may, it, it depends on what the ruling is, right? If they give some guideposts as to when these powers can be executed. Um, but, you know, that in those statutes, those emergency power statutes still need to be fixed. I mean, what happened here with, you have the governor's party in charge of one house, and they essentially could just keep it rolling until he was ready to, to give them up. Um, th- that was not good. The uh, You know, we had the story a moment ago. There's been several studies out, another study out, talking about how essentially masks don't work. Um, you know, something that a lot of people were saying at the time when this when this was being put forward, but now we're seeing the actual tangible evidence of, of this. Uh, how much does this, does it play at all? You know, does this come into, does this become a factor now, the, the you know, the, the current evidence against masks as it relates to something like this? Or are we sticking strictly with just the ability that the governor would have to move forward on a particular emergency measure? No, it, it might, you know, the, the, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking is an easy thing to do. So they may look at, at what the, the studies have come out about the, the, the you know, the, the basically the uselessness of the mask. To prevent transmission, um, as as part of as, as part of their decision, that, that that could come up. But you know, again, you said the damage has been done. You've got people now running around with masks when they have a common cold because yeah. they think that's the courteous thing to do. So they've already the 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 the, the mandate's purpose is you know to ingrain this kind of behavior in people. That's that's stuck. That's we're not unfortunately I don't see us getting away from that. All right, so let's turn our attention over to this uh, this DFL backed bill uh, ban people from buying homes to turn uh, them into rental rental property here in Minnesota. I only became aware of it through uh, the interview that Representative Jim Nash had with Liz Collin earlier this week at Alpha News. We played the audio uh, yesterday. Um, it states that corporate entities, developers, and contractors are prohibited from converting single family homes into rental property units so with that uh you know jeff o'brien i'm going to hand it over to uh to you as it relates to this bill that's moving through and most likely given how the dfl is acting right now i mean most likely it's probably gonna pass i would imagine 
Yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll see how many of them actually own rental housing in an LLC and don't want to do this, right? Um, so th- this, I, I don't know where this one's going to go, but no, this is a, this is, you know, in a session where they seem to want to outdumb themselves every day with the new, with new legislation, this one seems to really be at the top of the list. I mean, this is just ridiculous. And full disclosure, you know, half my practice is real estate law and I have a lot of, of investor clients that do own rental properties through, uh, living liability companies. Um, and it serves a purpose. I mean, there, there are, there are folks out there that don't want to own a home. They want to rent. Um, there are folks out there who may, because of whatever situation they may have, credit issues, what have you, that aren't able to obtain financing to purchase a home. And so these investors come in and, you know, they're able to, to rent, you know, a lot of these prop, homes that they own were the ones that were lost in the foreclosure crisis. So it actually started to boost everybody else's home prices by getting, getting all of those houses off the market. Um, and so it's, you know, it's, 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 it's serving a need for people that want to find single-family rental housing. So, of course, you know, the DFL has to get in the way of that and screw that up. Um, you know, if the DFL was so concerned about affordable housing, John, you know, take a look at all the, you know, the, regula- the regulations they put on builders and, and other, you know, and, and the high property taxes and just, you know, taxing, you know, everybody's income to the point where they can't afford to buy houses. Uh, maybe maybe that would be a good first step rather than coming up with these kinds of measures. Um, but you know, there's also a workaround to all this. All we're going to see is if if they were to if they were if this were to get to come through, then what you're going to see is a whole bunch of you're going to see a lot of people quote unquote buying properties on contracts for deed and have the contracts canceled after a year or two. Um, you know, real estate people are smart, they're, and they're smarter than legislators. They'll get around this. So let me ask you. Let, let me present present a scenario, and I'll just use I'll use my 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 situation in the home the home that we rent. Um, for the past, you know, six years, we've rented a home in Blaine. Um, the, the individual uh, who owns it used to live there. He moved away, worked in the military, and we ended up renting it from him. You go back, if this law were, if this bill is passed, you go back to when that initially happened. He has a home. He needs to move away. He doesn't want to sell it. He wants to rent it. Would he still be able to do that under this bill? I believe he could. I think what they're going after is, the step of putting it into an entity for liability and also having multiple properties, right? Um, I think if I, if I, re, if I, if I saw right, this is dealing with, you know, kind of going after corporate, you know, the corporate entities owning properties, okay. which is just a, a, a thing that you do to, per, to prevent personal liability from, for, you know, when you're, when you're renting property. So um, I don't understand the purpose of this. Um, it's, it's, it seems like it's designed to address a problem that doesn't exist. And it's just, again, more, you know, more virtue signaling from, from the DFL majority. Yeah. What, what are they hoping to accomplish with this? I mean, what's the, what's the purpose? I don't know. And it's this, this provision about making these entities divest themselves of real estate. That'll get challenged in court. I mean, that's, that's clearly unconstitutional. So they just seem to, they're just throwing whatever they can against the wall, see if it'll stick. And if the courts turn it around, well, you know, hey, oh well. Yeah. Um, 
Man, do you have any? And in talking with uh, with Jeff O'Brien, our lawyer extraordinaire, you mentioned it a moment ago, but I'm just curious. I mean, do you have uh, do you have any thoughts you want to share about how the DFL is handling this legislative session right now? I mean, it seems really. It, I mean, it doesn't seem it is. It's it's unprecedented the pace and the amount of bills that they are ramming through uh, this session right now. Yeah, they just is uh, is I it, it, I've. My take, and I've, I've, I've this confirmed, confirmed through some legislators that I've spoken with, they just appear, they're going, you know, damn the torpedoes, full steam ahead. They're going to see as much, whatever they can shove through. Um, if courts declare it unconstitutional, so be it. If they lose their, their House majority in two years, so be it. But they're just going to shove as much as they can through and leave it to future legislators to, like, legislatures to undo it and then scream bloody murder when they do. Wow. Well, uh, Jeff O'Brien, thank you for the time this morning and the short uh, notice, sir. Uh, always good to talk to you, and I hope you enjoy your uh, your Super Bowl weekend. Sounds good. You too. Thanks, John. All right. Later, buddy.